0: Welcome to Riala International Ministries Incorporated with Anne Elizabeth, where real people meet a real God. Welcome to Riala I'm so glad that you have joined me for our look in our lesson at the faith map. I know you have enjoyed this as much as I have. Grab your map and let's continue. During this faith journey called life, you will encounter different events, circumstances, years, and situations that will try to cause you to doubt God's word. We know that doubt, uh, the origin of doubt happened in the Garden of Eden where Satan said to Eve, did God really say? See? Okay, so he will always try to get you to doubt God's Love for you, God's word for you, God's promise to you. And you must resist it, ignore it, and believe God. Put God in front of you in the promises and then just keep trucking with God. And ignore all the chaos, okay? And you will receive your promise in God's time. God's time. You must hold on to God's word throughout all the situations you encounter. Throughout all the time elapsed, throughout all the disappointments in which you have experienced in order to receive the promise of God. We know that life is full of situations. It's full of afflictions. It's full of disappointments. It's full of people lying to you or leaving you or abandoning you, forsaking you. It's, um, it's full of flat tires, right? It uh sometimes we lock our keys out of our car whatever the case it goes on and on and on we just take a deep breath and look up and say you know help me lord right god's grace i have a friend and every time something would happen he would say grace 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 meaning help 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 because that's what grace is it's god completely helping us amen but he knew that from the very beginning when he made us that he was going to have to help us. So, anytime you say, Grace, 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 help, help, help. And God is right there. And we know that life has uh, valleys and it has, it has uh, high terrains, it has cliffs, it has mountains, and God's the big adventurist. And he will take you, <laughs> he will take you to faith school. Okay, he will he will grow you up. He will put some biceps and triceps upon your faith, and he will do that through what adversity. You know, when you go to the gym and you lift weights, the only way that you're ever going to see uh, anything developed in your body is by picking up something heavier than your toothbrush. You know, we have you know you have to pick up something heavier that it's harder. To exercise that muscle. And we know that by heavier weights and resistance that a muscle develops. And so, how does, how would God develop faith? Well, by something higher than you've experienced and something tougher and uh, a little bit more waiting and a little bit more, what does my word say? And then he comes through. I have been there and over and over and over and over again. I should write a book upon all the things that he, all the faith events of my life, you know. Um, it, there's just too many to name in, in all areas, finance, business, uh, children, um, health. But every, every time he has come through. He has come through because he cannot deny himself he cannot deny his goodness he cannot deny his word he cannot deny his integrity god is beautiful he's a beautiful person and he cannot deny himself i have never met a more lovely person than god never he's he's beautiful and he 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 may not be your father yet but he is your creator and if you want him to be your father, it's what he longs. He put his son on the cross to remove your sins so you could run right through that cross into his arms. Just talk to him tonight and make your creator, because he created everything, make him your father tonight. So we go through all these things, and we can clearly see that we, whatever happens, you know, uh Whatever happens, maybe a a fire's lit over here or something's going on over there. You know, just all these things, bombs going off all around you, right? You have to remain calm in Christ and say, look up and say, what does God's word say about this? What does God's word say about that? And we go to the word and, and, and read, what does he say about money if you run out of money? What does he say about health if you find yourself sick? What does he say about loneliness if you find yourself all alone or childless or maybe you're a widow or a divorcee? What does God say? Because God is the answer to everything. And then God will clearly have you know the facts according to his contract, covenant, oath. Covenant is, a, is, a, is an oath-binding agreement God has made with humans. And we can find that in the Bible. And then, say, and then he will he will download into you. Uh, the direction that you, as an individual, are to take, he will download his strategy and the process for you to get from A to b he 's very methodical and very intelligent, and he 's a very practical god so it it all centers around your relationship with him, knowing the word and letting him direct your path uniquely and individually and specifically you know even when pe- two people go to the gym. I've noticed everybody has a different exercise routine or a different weight training system, or one's on the, uh, I can't even say that word, elliptical, and one's on the treadmill, and one's on a bicycle, and one's running around outside. Not now, it's 98 degrees here in Florida. But, uh, you know, and one's weight training, and one's a ballerina, or a uh, these other things, they have pilots, uh, I think it's called. And it's God made your body and your body is like nobody else's body. And so he has a specific exercise plan for your structure. And maybe he has her eating all this meat and, you know, you eat meat and it just doesn't, it doesn't sit right with you or whatever. Or she runs, you know, 81 miles a week and you can't even maybe run two miles but God made you to do another kind of cardio or another kind of weight. And so he will download his plan that will work for your body structure because he's the what creator. He's the creator of you. Just like, um, just like a Toyota created Toyota cars, right? Uh, BMW didn't create Toyota. Toyota created Toyota. And so God created you. And so God knows what will work for you. It's just amazing when you really look at life the way it is uh, through the eyes of reality. Amen. So we're very fortunate as a human race. That's what I thought when I went to heaven and looked at God. I said, I can't believe this. We're the most fortunate people on the earth to have a God of his stature, his written word, his excellence, his his full-time care over us. I mean, you may have pushed him away forever but he's still bothering you because he loves you. And bothering and convicting and trying to lead you and guide you, you know. But the thing that I noticed the most that broke my heart is that this beautiful God in heaven that made all of us is um we have as a human race, you know, been in my opinion ripped off from knowing him in his fullness. Um pick up a Bible and begin to read every word of it and get to know him. And he'll reveal himself more and more to you. And it's, you never get to the end of God because he's infinite. There is no end to God. It's like going up in the sky and all you see is air. There's no end. And you think, well, I'm going to take off running this way and I'm going to see the end. I'm going to, I'm going to get come up against a wall. There's no end to God. There is no end to God. I was like, this is unbelievable. I said, You're, 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 there is no end to you. You're eternally expansive and forever. He's like, Yes. And I've made things that no man has seen, I've made ages no man has seen. Come with me, be mine. Do life as I have commanded so I can keep you forever, Annie. He's a beautiful God. The Bible clearly tells us, um, Hebrews 6.12, it says, Be not slothful. Don't be lazy. You know, we have a lot of lazy people. But be followers of them who through faith, they believed God. They didn't have something, but they believed God through faith and patience. That's one thing you're going to have to do. If you're going to have faith, guess what else you need? It's called patience. See the time? Who's in charge? <laughs> I know all about patience. I waited. He's made me wait, wait, wait for things. Wait, wait, wait for things. And then he gives them. But I have waited. <clears throat> I waited one time for 13 years. I waited another time for 16 months. And now I'm in a 14-year waiting period on other things but there's a long list of things that he's he's crossed off but it's his time but I still love him and I can do without those things on my list but I can never do without his presence I love him and I love doing life everyday life with God he's he's a father he's a savior he's a friend he's a coach he's a helper he's a teacher He's an artist, he's a singer, he's a musician, he's a writer, he's a tech, he made tech, he's um, a chef, he made food, <laughs> he's a seasoner, you know, he made seasonings. He's he's our dad, and he loves us, and I love him too, and he loves you. We can read in uh, <clears throat> James chapter 1, beginning in verse 2, it says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, when you fall into different, various temptations, uh, knowing this, that the trying of your faith, the trying of your faith, it works patience. It actually produces something. So when God is making us wait, it's trying our faith, right? But it it produces something worthy. It produces something worthwhile called patience, and, you know, when somebody has patience, they're meek, they're kind, they're gentle, they're understanding. I know I was waiting in a long, long line. You know, COVID-19 is here. <clears throat> and with COVID-19 comes long, long lines in a different lifestyle that we're accustomed to, right? And this lady, I finally got to the counter and she said, I just want to thank you for your patience. And I thought, I said, God's been working on me all my life. With for patience. And that is a calm waiting and being respectful for your turn. But it just comes natural after God takes you down a long road. God, you're going to wait, right? But who knows best? Does God know best? Or does does Father know best? Or do I know better than Dad? Do I know better than God? Do I know better... Come on, I'm not, you know, I've, I've risen above ignorance as I've looked at creation for what it is. I've stand back and I look at creation as a whole, the earth and all the activities upon the planet and things in the invisible realm that I've seen and things I, I haven't seen and the, and the eternal being of God. And I say, it's yours because you know best. Verse four says, but let patience have her perfect work. So patience is an attribute of the Holy Spirit. You know, we can see love, patience. Uh oh, patience. We can see people driving down the highway, just blowing their horn. Get out of my way! You know, it's just like, and, and, you know, (laughs) and what do we pray for? I pray for them because they're on high stress. They're, they're, they're triple A's and and the world revolves around them and they're you know they're in charge god is in the back seat and they're driving and it's up to them or there's no other way and sweat running down their their face and they're just beside themselves they end up in heart attacks and alcoholic alcoholism and chain smoking and drug addiction you know and it's like surrender and live and learn to live because in surrender is when you, you really learn to live. It's verse four, but let patience have her perfect work. You can see the person that's waiting in line and they've got their gospel tunes on. They're just singing and worshiping the Lord, praising the Lord, having a great time. And you can see Harry, that's all stressed out. And God's in the backseat and he's running through traffic and blowing people off and, Saying all kind of horrible things. Now, which one has the better life? Is it Harry or is it the one that has surrendered to patience? So we know that patience has a perfect work that you may be what? Perfect. See, God says, be perfect as I am perfect. And he knows you. And he knows what needs to change. And he knows, he knows the refining and, and the tweaking. He's a carpenter. He's also construction, into construction. He's constructed creation, and he constructs the people within creation. And he's making us perfect, and he knows what to do to get us to perfect. And he wants us entire, and he wants us wanting nothing. So that we can sit in that car and all hell's broken loose all around us. And we're, we're in a line from here to Mars, you think. And we got our gospel tunes and our, and maybe some preachers and we're just praising and enjoying the fellowship of the Trinity and our own little world with God. Amen. I mean, the earth is the Lord's. And we don't have to live in the crazy system blowing horns and trying to get, you know, get our way and and climbing over people. So we can see by this scripture that it tells us that our faith will be tried. Tried. Trying in the Greek is the word dokmyon. It means the proving of. Our faith will be proved by what we do when we're waiting. See? Faith is improved when God gives it to you, and you say thank you, and you open up your present. It's in the years where you do without, and everybody else has. And You want a new car. You want a new car, and everybody at your Bible study group has a nice car, and one just got a brand new car, and she showed it to you. It's just exactly the kind you wanted. And you go out, and she's behind it, and she opens it up, and it has that fresh car smell. It's just beautiful, and it's this, it's white. It's the color you wanted, and it's got the 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 leather interior, the taupe or tan interior, and it's exactly what you wanted, exactly what you wanted. But you didn't get it. You're still driving the old car that the title's not even in your name, and somebody else is is paying the insurance for you. But she got it, and she's she's she. Why did she get it and I didn't get it? And 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 you can go around the room in your Bible study groups, and you go home and and you sit down and talk to God, and you make a list and say why, why why haven't I got it? Why why haven't I got this? And why haven't I got that? And why why am I still single? You know, I I, I pull up social media and oh she's getting married, and that one got married, and I've even prophesied to a girl one time at a meeting. I, I said to her. It just came out as just the Lord speaking. You know, when you prophesy, you tell something about their future. Uh, Prophecy is a future situation coming. You know, we know that God is always telling us in advance of things forthcoming, as his son is an example in the Old Testament. He came in the New Testament, right? We know the the end times are coming, the book of Revelation. We know the rapture is coming, the great falling away, the tribulation, Armageddon. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, the New Ages, you know, because it was foretold. And I, I prayed over this girl, and I said, you're going to marry a converted Muslim that's now a Christian. I couldn't believe it, it was so detailed. And uh, about a year later or so, she, I got a, got a text from her, and she says, you're not going to believe this. And she said, but uh, I'm engaged. And he's exactly what you told me. I said, well, that's just the Lord. You know, the Lord wanted you to know that that's where you would be. But, but you know, you 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 could even pray over somebody to be healed. And, and I have done that as well. I've laid hands on people and seen them instantaneously healed. And I come home and I say, well, what about A, B, C in my own life? You know, and God said, oh, I'm going to restore you. It's who I am. But you're going to wait for my my time. You're going to wait for my time. And so then you can see other people going on vacation. They go on vacations. They go to the biggest, beautiful, most beautiful places, uh, and stay for, for a week with their family. And you haven't been on vacation for years. You say, well, you know, God, when do I get to go on vacation? He says, well, you're just going to enjoy my presence and let's get some things done. You say, okay. Because you know what? It's God's timing. They're God's gifts. And it's God's timing. And we have to surrender to the authority and magnificent beauty of our God and to respect him that way. It's called respecting God when you give him the watch. That's respecting God. So our faith will be proved by what we do in the waiting time. This do is an action word. Will you continue with God, trusting and obeying, or will you walk away from the faith altogether? You know, I'll never forget when God gave me a dream. He gave me a dream years ago, and in the dream, he showed me what was going to happen in my marriage and into my corporation, and into my life would never be the same. That story is in my book, Boots and Lipstick, and you can find that on Real God. And uh, it all came to pass. It all came to pass and I saw one day in my home office, uh, before the final, uh, the final knife hit the whole nine yards, the devil stood there and he said, I'm waiting for you to walk away from the Lord. Because when you do, I will destroy you. And then God showed me the demons that had surrounded my life to lure away my, my, um, my husband and to take down what I had. And God works with people, but he doesn't force them into choice. You know, everybody has a free will. And uh, I saw them, how happy they were, and they were giving the devils were giving each other high fives that they were able to take down my life. But uh, I also saw in the dream, of, uh, at the end, when I was running down these steps, I saw two books. I saw the Satanic Bible, which represents the world system, and I saw the Bible, which represents the kingdom of God. And I picked, of course, up the Bible. And that's all I had to begin my new life with. And I'm here today because God is real. And he's a covenant-keeping God. What he's promised, he will do. We know that God is not a man that should lie. For the Bible tells us in Numbers 23:19, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Jesus Christ isn't going to repent because he doesn't have anything to say, "I'm sorry." You know? He comforts us and he he has said, "I'm so sorry that you've gone through this." But he never does anything that he has to say, "I'm sorry." He tells us he comes and he comforts us. And I've heard him say, I'm so sorry that you've gone through this. But we are in a spiritual place, in a spiritual battle called earth until we leave. So Jesus isn't going to repent. Has he said and shall he not do it? Has God promised and will he not fulfill his promises? Or has he spoken and shall he not make it good? Of course, God is 100% pure. Hebrews 6.18 reads that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation, a comfort. We who have fled for refuge, we run into God and let him be our father. And we, we understand his authority and his supreme dominion upon the earth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. No matter what the activity upon the planet looks at, looks like in our generation, God is still God. And he has given man a free choice. And we know in that free choice, that dominion of choice that God has given, there is harm done to other people, but God heals that harm. Don't ever think he won't. Yeah, and some might say, well, if God really loved you, Anne, how could he let this happen? Well, it's because of my love for God and his love for me. That is the reason it happened. Satan comes against the ones that love God and that keep his commandments. But God in that, in that slaughter is there with you and he brings you up because you cannot kill a Christian. You cannot kill a Christian. They couldn't kill Jesus Christ. They hung him on a tree and they they stripped him down to nothing and they slaughtered him like a, the lamb of God. But I have seen the risen Christ. I have seen him in his glory. I have seen him in his estate, in his majesty. There's nothing dead about Jesus Christ. And Christ lives in me now, the hope of glory. And they cannot kill a Christian. They can wound a Christian and they can knock him down, but they can't keep him down because the greater one lives in you. And the same one that raised Christ from the dead will raise your life up too because he raised up mine. So don't don't ever think that you're at your finality because there's a God in heaven that says, take my hand, take my hand and take my word. And we're going up. And that's exactly what God will do for you. We can read in Scripture that God was true to His word in all accounts, as found in the Bible. Hebrews 6, beginning in verse 13, reads For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, who stands above God? The only thing God looks up to is His word, Psalm 138 2, which is Him, His Son is named the word of God in the book of Revelation 19, the word dipped in blood. And he's in a vesture dipped in blood because he could swear by no no greater. He swore by himself. He couldn't give it somebody greater, God. He looks up at his word, his oath is eternal. As I live, says the Lord, saying, surely blessing I will bless thee and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured... He obtained the promise. We know that Abraham waited 25 years for a son. And in that period of time, he went off the track to Hagar and had an Ishmael. But God forgave him because he repented. And he got back in line and he went forward with God. And boom, Isaac was born. 25 years in waiting. Don't give up on God. Once again, we read that we need to have faith in God, believing his word, With endurance and patience, then we will receive from God the promise. You know, endurance is like running a marathon. You know, it's not a fast, you know, 100-yard dash, 50-yard dash. It is a continual motion at a peaceful pace is, is you know, we run the race. You know, as Paul says, we're in a race and all of heaven is above us rejoicing. Rejoicing not to forfeit and to inherit all and to give God glory upon this earth with our faith and our believing, our sacrifice and our service and our person upon this planet. Because Christ lives in us. The devil couldn't kill Jesus Christ. The devil can't kill you. Don't let the devil kill you. Continue running your race as a marathon runner at a peaceful pace, not an anxious hundred yard dash, which I have been known to do. Been known to do. And God said, that's not the pace you need to live in. You need to, you need to run this race with a peaceful pace. You press play, not fast forward. Because this race never ends until you're gone. You'll never get to the end of your work, Annie, because it continues, it expands and it builds and it, you know. So you don't need to rush. You don't need to be full of anxiety. You don't need to press the panic button every morning. You need to say good morning, Lord, because he is the prince of peace, not, not, not the God of chaos. We can see that patience is the Greek word hypomene. And it means perseverance, steadfastness, and constancy. And you can see, you know, like a running track of a marathon runner. And he has, and he's not in a race with others. There's nobody, there's no competition. It's just him and God running, running their race, a peaceful pace, going about doing the Father's business the way that he told you to do it. And when he told you to do it, and God will even interrupt your race and say, I want you to get off the tracks and go get a go, go for a, an ice cream or a coffee, or you know, maybe go to the organic smoothie bar or you know, the fresh food market, or go buy yourself a, a, a new pair of shoes, or go get your nails done, or go play golf, you know, take five, but don't do the panic push mode, you know. Start to just enjoy your race and let God enjoy being with you, you know, and, and you enjoy God instead of everything is so stressful and, you know, you've, you're triple A and you want to make everything happen. Take a deep breath and say, I'm going to do a new pace. And we know the characteristic of a man who is not swerved from his deliberate purpose. And we know the marathon person has gotten their goal that God has downloaded. This is what I'm going to have you do. Like he told me, and I'm a, I'm an evangelist and this, that, and the other. And I, and I know exactly what he's going to, if the finale will be and the goal. And I, I can't dart to and fro, you know, I have to do things on his schedule, his calendar and have that pace so that I can, I can do that work as into the Lord and for the Lord. But but we're not swerved from that that goal by by outward uh, outward attacks or, or people don't like us or we don't have any likes on our social media or nobody likes our emails or nobody's you know this that and the other you know we don't get uh, our our deliberate purpose from man. We get it from God, and that way we can last. Deliberate purpose, and and we're loyal to the faith, and we have piety, which is holy holiness, and we keep that even in the greatest trials and sufferings because he who was with Christ in his suffering is with us in our suffering. And God said, after you have suffered a little while, I myself will bring wholeness to you, you know? There's different kinds of suffering. That's just a whole other topic, but sometimes when we are in a race and we're running this race, you know, we can have different suffering, such as our emotions, you know, or uh, just different things come up. But we know that we never, never quit. Good night. <music> Rialeron International Ministries Incorporated appreciates all of its faithful covenant partners and wishes each and every one of you a beautiful life with Jesus. Please visit Rialoran today at ww.realoran.org.